This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 753. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 753. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday. If you're listening in live time, it is May and it is hot outside in Seattle. And by hot, I mean, it's probably like 68. (laughs) That's really hot for here, though. It's quite lovely. It feels tropical. I hope that you are in the sun wherever you are and taking a moment for yourself. We are going to be talking about the mental load of motherhood today. And taking a moment for yourself is a really important thing to do as you navigate the mental load of motherhood. This is something I've talked about a few times on the show. I'll actually link to other episodes where we talk about the mental load of motherhood in the show notes. But it's an important thing to come back to because I think as we navigate different seasons of motherhood, this shows up in different ways. And sometimes I think that we don't realize until all of a sudden we're real tired and cranky that, oh, I'm in like a new season of the mental load of motherhood and I need to use some tools and practice some self-compassion and like really kind of step back to see what's happening and understand what's happening in order to make some choices that maybe grant me a little support moving forward. So I hope that is what this episode brings to you. I think it's really important to address why the load of motherhood can feel so heavy sometimes. And 
I think this starts off when our kids are teeny, teeny, tiny. And I've talked before on the show about how after Vinny was born, I was really excited to be a mom, but it felt really hard. And I felt like I should be really grateful because it took us a long time to get pregnant. And all of those feelings combined into like a big pot of soup (laughs) felt really disorienting at times. It felt confusing to figure out like which way was up. And if I'm supposed to just feel like grateful and happy, then why am I also feeling like this little like hint of grief that I definitely could not identify as grief at the time. But looking back, I can very clearly identify that that's what it was. So when we are in the early, early stages of motherhood, there is a loss of identity. It is that all of a sudden, we are not the person we were before, but no one tells you that that person goes away like literally the moment the baby comes out, that you are just no longer that previous version of yourself. And that was a real shock to me. And I spent so much time of that first year waiting to quote unquote, like, be myself again and go back to normal. And like, I couldn't figure out how to go back. And it took me that whole year for sure, but really the better part of three years to recognize, oh, I'm just totally different now. And what does that mean moving forward? And who am I going to choose to intentionally become since I'm not going back? And I think if someone had told me that, it would have been a lot easier to navigate because I really had this expectation that like at some point I would finally go back to being the normal me. And no, like when you go through a major, major life event, you don't go back to being the previous version of yourself. You are a new version of yourself. And sometimes you are banged up, scraped up, like scarred, scabby version of yourself. And that's okay, because hopefully those wounds heal. And then on the other end, you're stronger and more resilient and you have new skills and talents and strengths. And hopefully you're also like more compassionate and empathetic and you show up in the world in a different way, in a better way. But when you're in it, it's really messy sometimes and really confusing to try to navigate that and figure that out. I think that there needs to be like grief counseling for new moms. Like, welcome to grief counseling where you learn that you are no longer going to be the previous version of yourself. And you will wonder if the fun parts of you ever come back. (laughs) Because it really felt like the fun parts of me would never come back. And there's still times where I'm like, I don't know if the fun parts have come back all the way. I was just at an event last weekend talking with some colleagues who are also speakers. And I was like, I feel like fun Sarah looks a lot different and like she comes out in certain ways, but like I want her to be more fun more often. (laughs) And and I don't, I still like my child is 10 and a half and I'm still like, hmm, how do I navigate that? I'm like, I'm still grieving that I'm not the fun person I used to be. So let's acknowledge that loss of identity and also that it goes unacknowledged and unmanaged. And oftentimes there with that is there it's accompanied by unacknowledged and unmanaged grief. I think that is really, really important. This also can shift as your kids get older. So I'm noticing now as Vinny needs me less, I'm like, oh, now my identity is getting messed with again, because I was really used to having a child who was so dependent on everything for so long. And now as he needs me less and wants me for less things, and I want him to want me for all the things still sometimes, I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. Aren't you supposed to need me for everything forever? Like, don't, aren't we best friends forever? (laughs) How dare you go and like find other best friends at school? So the identity is constantly shifting. And I'm now finding myself in this season of like, oh, remember when he wanted to like hold my hand and he thought everything I said was really funny. And we're not there anymore. Like pretty much nothing I say say is funny to him. And he definitely does not want to hold my hand. (laughs) And so I think that 
you continue to go through these seasons of loss of identity and then like grieving where you used to be. I just got a text from a friend today who got a picture of her daughter who's on an eighth grade class trip. And she's like, oh my gosh, she looks so old. And she's like across the country on this class trip and having a great time. And she's not really communicating with me because she's like so independent. And she's like, damn it. Like I raised a really independent daughter. (laughs) And we were laughing like, it's exactly what you want to do. And then also it like breaks your heart in half when you go through that dependence shifting so dramatically. And you kind of don't see it until your kid's across the country and doesn't need you for anything. Or your kid like no longer will hold your hand for anything or no longer laughs at your jokes. And then you're like, wait, hold on. Like, now I'm recognizing this relationship has shifted. So that's the first piece is recognizing that the load feels really level, really heavy, because the loss of identity. With that, also, the load feels heavy because there's so much constant overwhelm. There's so many things to keep track of. There are, no matter the ages or how many children you have, it's so wild to me because I have one child and I'm like, how do people do this with three? Like the keeping up with meals and school and sports and camps and like, I just always feel like I'm two steps behind. And then there's times where I feel like I got kind of caught up. And then quickly, I'm like, Oh, no, like more things happen, like a new sports season starts or like a new thing where I'm like, Oh, shoot, like, just kidding. You're just never quite done. And that overwhelm on top of your own, whatever you if you're, you have professional overwhelm or relationship overwhelm, or what other layers of in your life in terms of like how you need to show up in the world, all that overwhelm can really create a lot of anxious energy, and sometimes full fledged diagnosable anxiety. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is 
around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. We also, because of the way women are socialized, I think often, even though we often have a lot of people around us as moms, and we have a lot of like, we have a lot of kids around us and or family members and or community members, kind of depending on what we do, there can be a deep sense of loneliness because it can be hard to find true connection and authentic connection in mothering. And so there is a loneliness that is really real about motherhood, and that can lead to depressive symptoms or full-fledged depression. I think that the load also feels really, really heavy because we're constantly changing hats so often and so fast. So I know in any given like 30 minute period, I might be wearing the role of the hat of mom and then the hat of like speaker and then the hat of being a daughter to an aging parent and then the hat of like, you know, being a good friend to a friend to someone who just texted me with a crisis and changing hats really often and really quickly is really discombobulating at times. But because women are socialized to be caregivers and caretakers, we are always trying to show up in all of these roles at like 110% and doing really, really well to serve everyone. And that can feel extremely overwhelming and extremely exhausting over time. On top of that, we're always making trade-offs for our time. So if I decide to do one thing, it's always at the cost of doing something else. I recently had the opportunity to go do something with my speaking coach and be gone for a few days. And it came at the cost of missing two baseball games of Vinny's. And in one of those baseball games, he got his first triple ever. And like, oh, that just felt like such a big cost. And so we're always trading for time and energy and joy. And that's very draining to always be trying to trade one thing for another and always weighing like, okay, like if I do this, is it worth it? Because I'm going to lose that. And I feel like I juggle that a lot where I'm trying to weigh like pros and cons of each to feel like I'm making the right decision or the best decision and what quote unquote should I do, which can feel really like a lot of mental gymnastics. And then the other reason that the load feels really heavy is because the to-do list is never ending and there's never a sense of completion. And I so miss in college, one of the best feelings to me, and I can still remember how freeing it felt, was at the end of every semester. So I went to Gonzaga where we were on semesters. And at the end of every semester, I remember finishing my last final and being like, oh my gosh, you don't have anything to worry about for like four weeks if it was midwinter time or three months if it was summertime. And this feeling of like, I don't have to be responsible for anything. I just did all the things. I checked off the bo- all the boxes. 
I finished the to-do list and I'm done. And that, I remember walking like back to my dorm room or back to the house that I lived in over the course of every quarter or every semester and just feeling this like lightness and joy and like sense of possibility. Like, what will I do with all my free time? And like, we never feel that in motherhood. Can you think of the last time you were like, what will I do with all my free time? Like, it just doesn't happen, right? The list is so long and it's never done. You never feel a sense of completion. And I think for someone who likes to like cross everything off the list, that feels really hard. And that make it like you're always carrying a bunch of to-do lists. You're always carrying those things with you. So what are the outcomes of the mental load? If we talk about like why this load feels so heavy, what are some of the outcomes? The outcomes are often our own well-being. So it's us skipping meals or skipping like nourishing ourselves well. It's us missing, skipping workouts, taking good care of our bodies. It's skipping like medical appointments. Who else is like backlogged on medical appointments? Like I keep writing down that I need to schedule a dermatology appointment. I've been writing it down for probably six months now on my to-do list every single Monday. Still haven't scheduled it. So other things are canceling fun. Like you might have something fun on your calendar, but then like a kid thing gets in the way or you're just too tired and you cancel fun. Another outcome is losing sleep. Like you're up really late or you get up really early or you were woken up in the middle of the night, which still happens with a 10-year-old. I was woken up in the middle of the night last night. Maybe it's neglecting self-care or just any sort of self-nourishment where you're really like focusing on habits that fill you up and fuel you and energize you and even give you like rest and restoration. And then this can lead to health implications, and this can definitely lead to mental health implications. So these outcomes of carrying this load for so long and having it be so big and so heavy and so cumbersome is that it ends up that our health in various ways can really start to crumble right underneath us, whether it's our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health. So what do we do? How do we better manage that load? I think that there's a few things that we can do. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, a lot of the things I talk about in terms of how to take care of yourself would fall into things you can do to manage the mental load. But I want to give you four really specific things that you can do right now to just start to integrate some things that hopefully free help you feel like you have a little more free space in your head. So the first thing for you to do to manage the mental load is to make time for you. And this isn't meant to be a chore where you're putting yourself on your to-do list and then you're like, well, great, now I have something else to do on my to-do list. I really want it to be that you are putting things to do on your list that you crave, that are rewarding, that are meaningful, that bring you joy and happiness and maybe even laughter, maybe even fun. So you're making time for you in a way that feels really, really good, not just in ways that feel like more cumbersome things. And I want you to recognize with making time for you that frequency matters more than the duration or the length. So I think sometimes you think when it's like, just take time for moms and practice your self-care and you think, well, okay, I don't have like an extra hour a day. It doesn't need to be an extra hour a day. It can be standing alone in your kitchen while you take your first three sips of coffee. It can be every time you sit down at your desk, closing your eyes and taking three deep breaths. It can be like listening to a podcast in your car that makes you laugh hysterically when you're driving home from school drop off. So it's those little things that you do that 
give you a little bit of fuel or fill your cup a little bit on a really regular basis, like a couple times a day, not like once a month or once every other month. It's not like going and getting a massage, like having a spa day every other month. Like, yes, do that for sure if that fills you up. But it really is what are you what are the little things that you're doing where you're like, oh, that's the thing I'm really excited about. I know for a long time, I talked about it on the show, I did the Happy Colors app, which I've gone in and out of doing. But like laying in my bed at night, doing the Happy Colors app, where it's literally like this coloring app for kids that you, you can use on an iPad and listening to podcasts. And it brought me so much joy. I'm not doing it right now because I'm trying to stick, go to bed a little bit earlier. But I loved it. Like that was something that felt like I craved it all day. It felt like really like this is just for me. It's like the last thing I do at night is like 15 minutes listening to some sort of podcast that was not ever educational, like some sort of just really random podcast purely for entertainment and doing my little happy color app. So what are the little things that you can do that are activities that you crave that feel good? And maybe for this season. So one of the things that I'm going to be doing is coming with this lovely weather is I want to do another triathlon this summer. So I did one last year for the first time in like 18 or 20 years. I want to do another one this summer. So that means a couple days a week, I'm going to go swim in the lake, which is like, I don't go for very long. The lake is six blocks from our house, but go down to the lake, swim for like 20 minutes, come home in time for dinner. It isn't like a big, huge thing, but the little things frequently make a huge difference. I loved, loved, loved swimming last summer. And I hadn't done that in so long. I had no idea how freeing it would be and how lovely it would be to end my day, end my work day by like getting up from my computer, going down to the lake to get in a quick swim and then coming home for dinner. It was such a great, great way to transition from work to home in terms of my energy. And so doing little things like that, whether they're seasonal or not. The second thing that you can do to better manage the mental load is to find your squad and lean into them. So when I say find your squad, who are your people? Maybe it's your family, but also maybe it's not. (laughs) So like if you love spending time with your family, great, but also who else? So who's in your inner circle when it comes to friends? Who's in your inner circle when it comes to maybe even like niche groups of friends where maybe it's like your mom friends and you like lean into them for certain things. Or maybe it's your high school or college friends and you lean into them for certain things. Maybe I know for me, I have like entrepreneur friends and I lean into them for certain things. So looking at like who are your little pockets or circles and how do you lean into them and lean on them when you need certain things in your life. Another really important piece of your squad is coworkers or the people that you work with and having some sort of squad around that. I know that in the absence of that, work can quickly feel really lonely, if not pretty toxic, if you don't have a group of people in your corner in your work environment. And then lastly, in your squad, healthcare providers and therapists and psychiatrists and psychologists and like any other people that you need to help you manage your health in whatever way you need support right now. So looking and seeing like who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with and where are some holes? Where are some people where you're like, oh, you know, I need to find this person or that person or this group or that group. And I know as I've had friends navigate shifts professionally, finding new groups of professional people that they relate to, as I've had friends navigate health crises and health diagnoses, it's been really interesting in the last few years, specifically friends who have had diagnoses, and then they've been able to find communities of people with the same diagnoses, which has been so helpful for them to be able to have 
people who know what it's like, people who know what it's like to be managing the same health condition on an ongoing basis and to be able to talk to them and share stories and share resources. So where do you need to maybe make some adjustments in your squad so that your mental load, so that you have an outlet (laughs) to make your mental load feel a little bit lighter? This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The third thing that you can do to better manage your mental load is to automate and delegate and also evolve your delegation over time. So sometimes we set things up and we get things in place and then we don't ever change them. So in terms of automation, it's like automating bills or automatically scheduling doctor's appointments while you're at the doctor. I literally schedule doctor appointments a year in advance so that they're already scheduled because as you heard me just say, it will take me easily six months to make a phone call to a doctor's office to schedule an appointment. So if I just have those things, if I make myself do them while I'm there, like I always schedule dentist appointments while I'm at the dentist for the next appointment, then I don't have to think about making those calls. Those little things really add up. So maybe it's automating groceries where you like you put in the same grocery order every week on the same day and it's the same list. Or maybe you go and get the groceries, but it's the same, like following the same list. For us, we do really like five meals at our house. Like I swear we have like five to seven meals that we make and it's like, okay, so like, which one are we having on Monday? Which one are we having on Tuesday? Like it's very simple because I am not going, I'm unwilling to commit shopping for like ingredients for new recipes. I'm unwilling to take the time to find 
a new recipe and then take the time to like try it. Like, you know, the first time you make a new recipe, like it always takes seven times longer than the recipe says it should take, at least for me. Like I'm unwilling to do that. So we have the same thing to eat all the time at our house. We have very boring dinners, but that keeps it automated. Delegation is like, who else in your household can be doing things? You are not the only capable person in your household. So if you have a partner, they're a very capable human being. If they have led you to believe otherwise, they are lying to you. So how can you lean on your partner and expect that your partner is going to pull their weight? Also, you have children in your household if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming. And how are you going to delegate to them over time as they get more capable? So Vinny at 10 can do a lot more than he could do at eight or at six or at four. So what we're asking of him and expecting of him, that changes over time. And we revisit that semi-frequently so that we make sure that he is adding more and more to what he's doing so that it's not always us doing all the things. So how can you automate and delegate in a way with some intentionality and evolution as people in your household might have new levels of capability? And then last, number four, the fourth way for you to better manage the mental load is to bring back joy and fun. And now first, this requires that you identify what does joy and fun mean for you in this season of your life? Because the things that were joyful and fun for me when I was 22 are not the same things that are joyful for me now. So when, you know, you know, when I was 22, I never was like a stay up late and party person, but I would stay up much later and enjoy going out much more. And now I'm like, very much thrive in staying home. <laughs> so what is joy and fun for you in this season? And then how can you integrate joy and fun into your life on a regular basis? So I know in the pandemic, I started kind of new hobbies and habits that I hadn't done before that some of them brought a lot of joy and fun. I'm thinking specifically of puzzles. But also we did a lot more walking of the dogs during that time. We still, uh, during the pandemic at one point, we had two dogs, one of them we lost. But one of the things that's things that has come out of that time is like doing evening walks with Vinny and Piper. That's joy and fun. So what are some of the things that bring you joy and fun that you can integrate on a regular basis? that you can just have automated in terms of like, this is the thing I do on Wednesdays, or this is the thing I do every day at 8pm or what have you, that brings joy and fun. Because when you have that joy and fun integrated, what will happen is that you will, the outcome of regularly practicing things that are joyful and fun is that you will be refueled when you have to do the things that are less joyful and fun. So you will give yourself a mental break. You will be able to step back. You will be able to escape for a moment so that you will be able to restore a little bit in order to go back. It's like restoration and rejuvenation. When you have to go back and get back to tackling that to-do list, that you have had a bit of a mental break with the joy and the fun so that when you have to go back and put the pedal to the metal, like you are able to do that. And that feels like something that you have some more like energetic reserves built up for because you've taken the time away, because you've stepped back and given yourself permission to have joy and to have fun. This is something I've really been working on because this is hard for me. And I have really learned that when I put the pedal to the metal for too long, I there is this point of diminishing returns where everything I do just gets worse and worse in terms of quality. And so it is pointless for me to keep pushing myself without taking a break for joy and fun because the work that I do and the way that I engage in relationships gets pretty crappy if I don't give myself those breaks and require some joy and some fun. 
then once I've had the joy and the fun, then I can go back and my quality of work is better. The way that I show up for other people is better. The way I talk to my partner and my child is better. The way I can be patient in tricky, sticky moments is better. So I want you to check in and see like, where are you not giving yourself permission to integrate joy and fun? And then what are the costs of that? Because if you're like me and you have this like intense type A, get everything done all the time personality, you might be doing that in a way that is not your best work, but also maybe even harmful to your relationships if you're not giving yourself moments to take breaks and reset and refuel. Really, really, really important. I know that that's hard because it's hard for me too. (laughs) Okay. So again, how you can better manage the mental load is you're navigating this mental load that shifts and evolves over time that can feel so incredibly heavy as you're navigating it. And as the outcomes can often be really around self-sacrifice, how can you better manage the mental load? It's making time for you frequently. It doesn't matter if it's for very long. It doesn't matter like if it's for 10 minutes or 10 hours, frequent, frequent making time for yourself just for little bits of time if that's all you got. Then finding your squad. Who are your squad? Who's your squad that you can lean on? And if you need ha- can have little specific pockets, even better. Then automating and delegating and evolving that autom- automation and delegation over time with your shifting needs and the shifting capabilities in your household. And lastly, bringing back joy and fun as a form of rest and restoration and rejuvenation. I hope this was helpful. I'm so thrilled to be here with you today. Please come back. We have two more episodes this week. We have our Wednesday episode where we have a fantastic interview coming your way, really, really important interview coming your way if you're listening in live time. On Wednesday, we will be talking with Brenda Zane about the fentanyl epidemic and our children, really, really important as tomorrow is actually National Fentanyl Awareness Day. And then on Thursday, we will be back with a new One Shameless Thing episode as part of our limited um, One Shameless Thing series that we're doing as a third episode each week right now. So come back for all those goodies. And until then, know that I'm in this with you always. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.